0: Welcome to the Seller Roundtable E-Commerce Coaching and Business Strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Yeah, you made some great points there. Thanks, Cindy. So um, in terms of um, uh, what are some things to uh, think about in terms of, uh, of seasonality? I know you kind of went into that a little bit before, but uh, you know, uh, Q4 is upon us. And one of the things I, I'm really interested in hearing is um, you know, uh, you, you have a, a very a premise on you know not uh, borrowing money in order to uh, to fund the business because that's going to affect your owner draw or an, I mean your uh, profit. Um, and on those uh, on, on that front, I'm interested because we are a fairly large e-commerce business, and um, you know our business is fairly seasonable. Uh, seasonal. So during the summertime, we're pretty lean. But then Q4, we probably do you know eighty percent of our business. Um, that being said, we put put aside you know a lot of of money because we know that during the summertime that we're more lean than we are during Q4. But also, um, you know, when we see big p- product opportunities or you know things where we can um, expand the business, sometimes it makes sense you know to to, to borrow money in order to. Because the, the, the reward that you're going to get back, you know, the, the multiple you're going to get back from that, that, that those funds, uh, is going to be worth it. So, uh, can you dive into a little bit about, you know, Q4, if somebody doesn't have the money to expand, do you think they should not, or, or, you know, what's your feeling on that?
1: Well, there's a lot of, a lot of good points there. Um, I think if your model is dialed in and you understand that you have um, inventory that you can purchase and it's going to turn in, uh, you know, fairly quickly and you're going to make good margin on it and you're going to be able to get it into Amazon on time, um, (laughs) then then you've got things pretty well proven out and you're not taking too risky of a, um, a bet by borrowing the money. Um, where I see people struggle is they, they're they just trying to buy anything to get it in there, hopefully, by, you know, the last day that Amazon will take it. And in, in that situation, they've had to open up another credit card, and we're now on credit card number 25. And um, that just is throwing... Um, you know, throwing something on the wall to see if it's going to stick. That's not a proven business model. And going further into debt just on a hope is not a good strategy. Uh, You know, I had an uh, economics professor that said hope is not a strategy. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it's not, you know. As entrepreneurs, we are hopeful kind of people. But um, at the point you've got things dialed in, debt is not necessarily a bad thing. also, though, what I have seen with clients is when debt, uh, when the business is dialed in and it's really performing, the the need for debt goes way down. And by having that cash free to take advantage of many different kinds of opportunities, um, you're in a better position to um, to make decisions going forward, as opposed to be paying for something you've done in the past. And I can tell you, the people that I work with when we get to that point, the the sense of freedom that they have out being out from under that debt is worth a lot to them. So I don't mean to say that it's bad. I just can see that it's misused, and um, and Q4 is a time when we're all busy and we think. Um, We don't always have our strategies dialed in and we just are out there buying anything and everything. And that's, that's not the best use of money. Now you did talk about Q4 being a time when 80% of your sales happen. So you've probably been, um, you know, building your inventory up to be ready for that opportunity. And the way we coach our clients to get ready for that opportunity is look at what you've sold and put the value on that and put that away so that you can replenish all of that. So what, what's easy to have happen is the dust settles, you know, we're somewhere around uh, January 2nd and we look at our bank account and it's like, Whoa, look at us. We did really good. And you know, maybe all your bills have come in, maybe not, depending on what your terms are. Um, but you've got to think ahead to okay what am i going to put aside to be able to buy the inventory i'm going to need to be prepared for next q4 and i know people find that really um it's not sexy to to say i'm just going to sit on my money i'm going to put it away but the reality is um until you've had time to really process that um, and what make a plan for the next year and when you're going to be buying, etc. It's much better to let that money just sit there and uh, be ready and available to you. The other thing is we recommend our clients, um, get the money out of their operating checking accounts during Q4, because as that starts to build up and you start to see that big balance, Parkinson's law sets in and you think, hmm, I'm going to take my wife on a cruise or I'm going, to re- I'm going to refurbish my kitchen or I'm going to get the new computer system. We can come up with so many great ideas for how to spend that money. And so what I recommend is take it out and put it in what we call a drip account that's just a separate bank account that you're setting aside and you're going to use that money judiciously during the year to, you know, either fund your operating expenses. Maybe, maybe you have decided I'm going to grow by 10%. So some of that money needs to go towards buying new products and marketing those new products and, um, you know, the collateral material you're going to have to do. So, Q4 in January is not the time to be making those decisions, put it aside and then you'll have it to drip back into the business wherever the best use is. Um, but if it's sitting in that bank account looking like, Oh, you know, this is where I keep score and this is what my number is. Um, then it, it easily gets spent and I've got clients who, who I, one of my clients, it has a, um, well, several of them, but this one particular, she has a busy summer season and, um, I was seeing her sales, her product just took off. And so I sent her a note. And I'm like, okay, I want to change your strategy. I want you to start keeping your bank balance at $20,000 instead of letting that number get big, take it out and put it aside. When you get $20,000 move your money. And she's like, well, why? And I said, because I'm, because you'll spend it on something else and you don't need that much in operations. She goes, no, I'm not doing that. And so I pulled up her, her sheets. And for the, for the two months prior, that account had been creeping up and her expenses had crept up too. And so even though she was totally on board, she didn't think she was doing it. It just happens. It's human nature. So let's use these bank accounts to work for us and kind of set us up for a better situation down the road.
0: Yeah. So you made a ton of great points there. One of the, one of the main ones Um, That uh, is a great, is a great caveat. So some of the products that we, uh, that we, we leverage or some of the, the, uh, yeah, the products that we leverage for Q4 are proven products that we've like, this is the fourth or fifth year that we sold through and every year they increase by 20%, um, you know, or, or more uh so it's almost like a sure bet for us um but right. i love how you qualified that where you know if you're taking on debt um for any reason make sure that it's going to return quickly and um and that you've done your due diligence in terms of you're not just taking on debt to take on debt i think uh, that's fantastic a uh, really fantastic point you made a lot of great points but uh for me that's one of the ones that i really latched onto that i think is is a fantastic uh point thanks so if, if uh, there's an Amazon seller starting out right now, which I started pretty early on in 2013. Um, and you know, I, it's one of those things where I wish I knew what I knew now back then <laughs> it would have completely changed, you know, my business, the way I did business, how much money I, I have in the bank, all kinds of fun things like that. So if somebody's just starting out now, you know, maybe they have one product, maybe they have five products, uh, but they're pretty new to the game and they're, they're trying to figure it out. Um, you know, what should they put in place? Um, right now uh, to get a great start on uh, you know making sure that they're getting profit uh, out of their Amazon business
1: well I recommend starting with those um, basic accounts uh, get yourself an inventory account that's separate from your operating expense account and get yourself a profit savings account and we've created a quick start guide to help people that are, are wanting to get started it, it's not necessarily just for new people it's a great when I start with coaching clients we start with this same strategy because even though you may be a very successful seller with a lot of money unless there's a lot of money sitting in the bank account. When you start separating these things out, you can um, get in a situation where you may not have enough money to cover. If you rely on what I call inventory float to keep you going until you have to pay for the next inventory, then you can get in trouble. So this guide is for anybody starting out. It's a good way to just get going, but for new folks um, it it's very simple to get going in this way. And from the very beginning, you're setting your business up to be profitable.
0: That's fantastic. Um,
1: So that's the first thing. The the second thing is um, I do think you need a set of books. Um, It's uh, you really have to understand gross margin. Uh, That's just critical and um, getting it from, from some of these other tools, Um, as I mentioned, you've got to validate those. So starting out with something like a a QuickBooks or a Xero account um, set up with a 2X to make that super simple so you don't spend a ton of time on it, getting that information pulled together um, will help you understand profitability, which is different from... Cash management, so the profit first really is a cash management tool, and having good books will be um, what you need from a standpoint, standpoint to understand profitability. Plus, many of us start these businesses with the idea that we're going to exit one day. You may as well be creating good books from the beginning because we work with many clients to get their books ready for their business to sell, and I can tell you they're going to want to go Back two years of really good data, so you may as well have it from the beginning, and that makes due diligence at the time of sale just a piece of cake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cindy uh, uh, made some resources available for you guys, um, and it is available at info.bookskeep.com forward slash seller dash roundtable. Uh, so that's B O O K S K E E P dot com, um, is the, is the domain. So go over there and, and grab those uh, that, that Quick Start uh, Guide and the uh, Profit First Assessment Guide, which she graciously uh, made available to you guys. Um, and uh, so a couple of, of questions, Cindy, that, that uh, we got from our amazing audience beforehand. Uh, these are, are pretty detailed <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right out of the book. So, um, uh Kevin's asking, in the original Profit First book by Mike, uh, he states that the owner's taxes should be paid by the corporation. I could never grasp this concept. Of course, the owner's payroll taxes are paid by the court, but it seems that Mike is indicating that the end of of year personal taxes shall also be paid by the corporation. This seems like it would just be another W-2 payment to the owner incurring yet more taxes. Confusing. Do you know what Mike is talking about? Can you explain?
1: Uh, Yeah. And I, I think it was confusing too. And um, what I recommend for my clients is um, that they pay um, the business taxes. So, so let's talk about what the taxes are. So you, depending on the type of entity that you are, you'll have different types of tax structure. I'm gonna use an LLC with an S election because that's pretty common with, with my client base. So what that means is you have to file taxes as a um, as an employee, you're required to, to take a W-2, and you're also allowed to take um, profits out of the business as distribution. So those are two taxable type, um, could, could be taxable. So, all of that though gets put over on your personal tax return they're called disregarded entities and they go on the tax return and so what mike is saying is that for the um tax bucket that you're setting aside money in when you have to pay tax bills to the uh, IRS or to your state, now we're not talking sales tax or any kind of franchise tax. These are only income tax that may be um, federal or state. When you go to pay those, then you use the funds out of your um, tax bank account to pay those items. And yes, in um, in effect, it could create another situation where they're taxable, but it's, um, it really doesn 't go through to the w two it flows through to um, what your um, your balance is on profit on the business, so I hope that helps Kevin
0: yeah that's uh, that 's definitely how we do it um, is the uh, lLC with the s corp um, and and like you said, that does seem to be the the, uh, the basic uh, setup for a lot of Amazon sellers. That being said, you guys should, uh, that was one of the big mistakes we made early on is not getting uh, an account that was fully competent with e-commerce. Uh, that's definitely something that, uh, that, that I suggest that you guys do. Um, another question that Kevin had is, as business owners, we're all, we all typically uh, have the benefit that are expressed through the corp, whether it be an occasional meal, home internet, uh, car travel, et cetera, that's charged by the company but also includes personal fun. Uh, Mike seems to uh, uh, allude that we should run our company as profitable as possible. However, I feel like if we don't expense these gray area Mm -hmm. items, we're leaving money on the table and paying unnecessary taxes. What do you think about leaving these as expenses for tax purposes, but then deducting them from the owner's uh, comp account? Mm -hmm. It seems like the best of both worlds. We know we are paying ourselves first, but getting the tax deductions for things we would have bought anyway.
1: Well, it gets in a situation where um, I like to prepare, I'm going to take this in a different spin. I like to prepare my clients books for, um, the situation they're, where they're going to sell the business. And I really do think those things should be kept separate. I think, um, we are looking, we want to understand the profitability of our business and that is different from, um, what we might could do and get away with from a tax strategy. So um, I, I I recommend keeping those things totally separate because at some point, the idea is you're gonna sell your business. And now, you know, I, I sit here in my home office and I, I do take um, a home office deduction for, or I have in the past, uh, the new tax law changes so many things. But, um, you know, in the past, I've taken a home office deduction um, because that is a legitimate thing, and if, if I wasn't paying a home office, I would be paying a, a rental office somewhere or a building expense. So, um, I but I don't want to run my business from the standpoint of what I can do, what I can get out of it from a tax perspective. And I realize that's not popular for everybody, they have a different tax strategy, but. Um when I'm when I'm working with clients, I'm like, well, let's be real about what this business performance is gonna be because I feel like you're gonna wanna sell it someday and we wanna have good clean books for that purpose.
0: Yeah, Cindy, so that makes sense. I think uh, you know, uh, kind of what you're saying as well is that when you keep those expenses off your books, uh your business actually looks better on the books because your uh, you know, your your profit's gonna be higher um, you know, because you're not including those kind of miscellaneous items. Right. Uh, so that makes that makes complete sense. So um Kevin said that he's been doing profit first for a few months now. It seems that analyzing cash flow rhythms can be really difficult, especially when you have a seasonal business. For the book, we're advised to push the profit allocation percentages higher on a monthly basis. However, I'm apprehensive to do this until I can really observe a rhythm, which could take another few months. It seems a rhythm is coming very slowly. What's your opinion on this?
1: Yeah, I, I would keep things pretty much the same through Q4, and then do another evaluation at the end of Q4. There's so many moving parts with everything in Q4 for most sellers. Um, trying to uh, trying to, to to get in there and, and understand rhythms uh, at that this point is not a great time for it. So um, let the dust settle. Take another look at it in January. It's typically a pretty good strategy to. Um, to every quarter, look at what you can do to cut your OPEX and increase the money that either is going to your profit, your owner pay, et cetera. Um, that's not a bad strategy, but just you don't wanna be trying to make those decisions in the midst of all the other things you're, excuse me, that you're trying to manage in Q4. I'd let it rest.
0: Well, Cindy, I've learned a lot today and I, I hope hopefully everybody else has. Um, I know that uh, anytime we have uh, you know, bookkeeping, you know, business related stuff. That's where I'm weak. So I always learn a ton. Um, so thank you. And uh, I, this makes me even more excited to go read the book. Um, on that same note, do you have any uh, other like favorite books, podcasts, motivational materials, you know, other things that you want to suggest to people um, that are listening that have, that that you think would help them in their uh, journey on Amazon uh, profitability?
1: Um, I really like... Um... Mike's book that came after Profit First, it's called Clockwork, and uh, it's all about uh, managing your business uh, from the standpoint of being able to take a four-week vacation to be able to have the business run without you. Um, I... I was a Guinea pig for that book. And I can tell you, I learned a ton from working with Mike as he developed the concept and I've taken two four week vacations, um, in the past uh, year and it's absolutely amazing. So, um, if, if you're looking for that kind of, um, way to create your business, um, I, I, I really recommend that. Uh, David Finkel, uh, wrote a book called scale and I really like his, um, uh, I like, I like the book scale and he's got a new one that just came out called freedom ticket and it's kind of on the same lines of getting your business to where it'll run without you. And he's got some really great stuff in there. So those are, those are two books that I'm, I'm liking a lot right now.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Those are, I, I love asking that question. Cause then, you know, like I said in the beginning, I'm a huge, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who listens to much fiction um, or, or reads much, much fiction. So, um, whenever I get a suggestion, it gets added to my list and then I never run out of, of stuff to, uh, to dive into. So thank you for that. Um, all right, we're at the end here. So, uh, Cindy, uh, what's next for you? Uh, you know, let us know ab- about your book, uh, you know, about any of the other services that you provide, anything that you have in the plans for the future. We'd love to hear about it.
1: Well, um, we're, we're getting ready for a busy Q4 ourselves. It's getting all our client stuff ready for um, tax time. Um, basically, the, the next thing on our horizon is really dialing into some cash flow tools that are available to integrate with um, QuickBooks and Zero that will help our clients do a better job projecting into the future. So um, that's where our heads are right now in, in development um, at the moment.
0: Awesome. So in other words, some of the systems that you're teaching uh, per bank accounts and things like that, you're going to try to, to automate some of that. Is that, is that kind of what you're working on?
1: No, um, basically that's going to exist and, and uh, be available for, uh, you know, we'll continue to support that. And, and that's our, our, our big thing with our clients but some of them are really needing um, more of a window to project going forward. And so we're working with existing tools that are out there in the marketplace, evaluating them, figuring out which ones do a good job and which don't in terms of projecting so that I mean, profit first really looks at, okay, this is, this is where when you get money, what you do with it, we're wanting to, um, to be able to say, all right, this is where you're at right now. How can we, Look to the future and understand when cash is going to come in and when it's going to go out and make better decisions about what the future looks like.
2: That's really exciting. I just have to say, Cindy, I know uh, Andy and I, the whole time that you were talking, we're sitting here nodding. You know, <laughs> we definitely can understand the struggle that a lot of um, e commerce sellers have when it comes to falling in love with a product, or making sure that you're profitable, or understanding what to do with that money when it comes in, and how to prepare, and how to grow. Um, So I love that uh, you have presented a methodology that actually makes sense. Something that we can do to kind of separate our uh, income that we have coming in uh, into different pots so that we can make good business decisions. And uh, it's been really, really valuable to have you on the podcast today. And I just thank you so much for all of that insight.
1: You're quite welcome. I'm, I've enjoyed being with you. I appreciate all the great questions. So, so thank you for having
2: me.
0: Thank you so much, Cindy. And uh, everybody listening, if you don't mind, I know we, we always ask, but uh, if we don't ask, you won't do it. So if you could, uh, if you can leave us a rating, a review, Uh, And subscribe to the podcast and let people know, uh, you know, if they're just getting into Amazon, please spread the word because uh, as you guys know, we try to give you guys maximum value for, uh, and and we don't really expect anything in return. The only thing I'm expecting in return, people, I'm shaking my finger at you if you're watching the video, is please uh, uh, rate, review and subscribe. We'd really, really appreciate it. That's all we ask. Uh, That being said, guys, remember to join us live. Oh. Yes, Amy.
2: Before we end, did we have Cindy tell us, uh, tell our audience how they could contact her for great accounting? Oh,
0: yes. We should have her tell, tell everybody that.
2: Cindy, please plug. <laughs> please plug <your> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> Thanks so
1: much. Sure. Go to bookskeep.com. Um, well, I was going to say this too. I write um a blog a week. So if there's anything um, that you're questioning about accounting, just go search the blog. I've probably talked about it. Um, if not, email me because I'm looking for something to talk about all the time. So um, but go to bookskeep.com. You'll see the blog there. You'll see a list of all of our services. There's a place there where you can fill out the, um, the contact us questionnaire and that'll help us be prepared to talk to you because we would love to visit with you and try to help you out. Thank you.
2: Awesome.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, Cindy. And, uh, once again, everybody remember if you come join us live, uh, uh, on the live recording, you get to get the, uh, the bonus, uh, audio and the, and the, the kind of where Amy and I sit and talk about, uh, things that are going on on Amazon. And and sometimes a guest stays after, uh, and you get, so we actually get some of the best content, but we don't record it. So if you don't join us live, you don't get to, uh, you don't get to participate in that. And uh, all of you guys who are with us live all the time, we really, really appreciate it as usual. And we will see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. If, you're, don't know, if you don't know what I'm saying right now, you're probably too young and you need to go back and watch some Batman, uh, old Batman TV shows. All right, guys. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com.